Ever wanted a career in football? At the Global Institute of Sport, you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in Australia. GIS is the largest provider of sports degrees in the UK with campuses at Wembley and Etihad Stadium. Learn online with unique access to the iconic MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport.fnr. That's gis.sport.fnr. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Here we are, another episode of State of Our Football Nation. George Denekian along with Bakua Frimpong and another week of football. So many stories that we have to address. Some good news, some bad news, some real disappointment. And uh, what have you made of the last few days, uh, Pakua? It's been an interesting few days. Uh, in which aspect are we talking about? I'm George? talking about the uh, some of the results in the Liberty women's, the A-League women's, uh, some of the results in the A-League men's. There have been uh, the opportunity to see some new arrivals at a couple of clubs. And, of course, overseas, um, aside from the biggest news, which has been, of course, the tragedy in Turkey, uh, the earthquakes there that have taken an enormous toll on the people and, uh, I, I dare say, all the people working behind the scenes to make sure that they can re- retrieve as many people as possible or survivors or find them. Uh, what a job in the midst of uh, uh, really inclement conditions, uh, wintertime over there, of course. And uh, we've, we've watched the EPL uh, upset after upset after upset. Have you recovered from any of the upsets? No, I haven't recovered. I, I've, I've emotionally recovered. What, from I, the Everton Arsenal? I have. I have. That's the, that your Tottenham side. Ugh. Did that make your day? Oh, it make made my day. Week? It made my week. So I was, I was dreading going. We should on, explain. We I should was explain. Dreading. Um, uh, Pakua Frimpong is not only a fabulous uh, football caller for Paramount Plus. She's not only my co-anchor, but she's a huge Arsenal fan, and I mean huge. Uh, Ghanaian by birth, uh, arrived in Australia at how old? Uh, Two thousand five. So I was five, technically. You were five, and we've almost made you a full-on Aussie, haven't we? Almost, almost. Almost. So tell me, if Ghana plays Australia, that is in the Women's World Cup coming yeah. up later this year, if it was that Ghana was playing for Australia, who are you barracking for? Well, I'll be honest with you. And I'm asking this only because people have asked me in the past, yeah. oh, you're barracking for Australia or Greece or Armenia? And I go, hey, guys... Hey, I was born in Australia. See, the thing is, I wasn't born in both my parents and that. both my... That's why I'm throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, so I... When, during when the World Cup was happening... Yes. My focus was on Ghana. I did... I brought a, a black star. Like, that was... Like, that's what was... If Ghana... That's where your blood was yeah, going. Yeah, that was... That's, like, and I want, I want the Socceroos to do well. Yeah. But I relate more to the Ghana national team just oh. because of, like... The, 2010 is such a big thing in my mind. Like, I... Like the 2006 team for yep. the Socceroos is the reason I love football, yep. but the 2010 World Cup with Ghana is like one of my like that run is one of my favorite sporting memories that I have. 
And long may it continue to be because it was exceptional. Uh, So many wonderful things have occurred. And uh, at the end of the day, these are the memories that make us and allow us to be the fans that we turn out to be. You think about it. um, And I, I notice you've very conveniently slid past providing me an answer in the event that Garner plays the Matildas tomorrow... Who are you barracking for? I am... Play this well. (laughs) I would... If the Matildas won, I would not be upset. Oh, wow. That's a good call. um, You'd be... I I wouldn't be upset and I would... I would be... Take it on the chin. I'll take it on the chin. But (laughs) if the Ghana Black Stars won with the lack of uh, superstars we have globally, I Mm -hmm. would be very, very happy. Would you be levitating across the ground? I I would, but but you know what? I Wouldn't need a lift? No, but but my (laughs) thing is I I just want Australian football to do well and and I love the Matildas group and I I want those players to do well and I want to play the best brand of football that represents Australia. Why do I know and why did I know you would respond to the question that way? Because that's what you do when you're calling for Paramount+. Plus. You're always trying to call the best game. You're always trying to make sure that you're going to see an exciting contest and that the audience uh, is, is engaged in, in the call and, uh, you know, long may that continue. Uh, we've got so many things that we need to address and one of them is what did you make of the conversation and the application that was put out by Football Australia to all the clubs in the lower division saying, hey, there's, there's room for a second division and we'd like to know who's going to put their hand up to apply. What did you make of that? I, lo- I love it. I think it's been long. It's been a long time coming. I think a lot of football fans have been waiting for the National Second Division, just want it to be What's done What's it right. going to mean t- to all the state leagues? I-, I don't know, and I think that we, we have an interesting guest who's going to be able to potentially maybe answer We're going to have a tremendous guest yeah, because our, our, our special maybe. guest on State of Our Football Nation today is someone I first met as the CEO of the Western Sydney Wanderers. His name is John Tatsimas. And these days, after stepping away from the A-League, he's the the boss man, the CEO of Football New South Wales. Is that right, John? Uh, good afternoon, George. How are you? you? Mate, is... I love, your use of the, love the use of the word levitate. I'll be using that <laughs> after this call. <laughs> Look, it, it, there, are so many, there are people, there are... You know full well, John, your previous um, uh, club did something quite extraordinary. They won the Asian Cup and no other Australian team has got anywhere near looking like being a contender, uh, uh, except for Adelaide, pardon me. Adelaide Reds got pretty close and just missed the boat. But the Western Sydney Wanderers created history when they won the competition. Um, those memories allowed many fans to levitate for quite some time and become uh, locked in uh, Western Sydney uh, fans forever and a day. Did they not? Did, they, did that not? Did that win not do that? Galvanise that, that support? It, it did. It certainly made us uh, an international name and people now, when you go overseas at times, when I, when I did it at the very least, uh, where you're from in Sydney, our Western Sydney Wanderers uh, on many occasions... Uh, it's funny, George, uh, ironically, uh, we watched um, uh, Al Halal yesterday and they played Flamengo, right? And uh, yes. Flamengo had jerseys on, um, uh, pretty much the same jersey. And, correct, um, correct. Black and white and um, playing Al Halal. It's kind of ironic that uh, we're talking about this um, 
um, when those two teams involved and you know a lot of lot of memories and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, experiences come to the fore, especially with those lasers in the players' eyes at the time. Look, those memories are, are what allow us to make the, the football connection so very special. Uh, Pakura, as I, as I touched on, is a huge Arsenal fan, but but she also loves the game, and and uh, I, I notice each and every week. Her inquisition, her, her, her focus and her drive is always to sell a better game, and that is to call a better game. And, and, the, uh, and the energy that she expends when she makes an error, and I've said to her, just let it go. Don't beat yourself up. It's like making a mistake on the pitch. Yeah. If you do that, you, your game will suffer. Understand that everyone makes mistakes and, and work well, to make sure that next time – that you don't, you move on, don't. Isn't that something that, as a CEO, you, you understand from every layer of the, any club? Well, I, I, you know, I take your point, but to to to, to refer to Pakura's um, experience as an Arsenal supporter, that's her first mistake. <laughs> and the, second, the second mistake, and quite ironic, she's wearing a Spurs top. I'm a bit confused, guys. No, 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 no. This is, this is no a basketball, San Antonio. It's, a basketball. it's, a it's the round I, ball, I, but I the other round point. ball. <laughs> I, would I take the point, but I took a advantage of the situation. <laughs> oh, look, uh, John, in, in, in fairness, you did pick up on something very smart there. I, I did mention there were a couple of upsets over the last few days, and Pakua is still levitating after watching Spurs overcome the, the dragon, and that is Manchester City, uh, you know uh, it is? and allow her Arsenal team to remain five points ahead in the EPL. That's why she's got that uh, Spurs connection. It's only February. It's only February. No, 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 you know what it is? It's Harry Kane, one of our own. He uh, (laughs) slotted in the back of the net. He knew he wanted to see the glory days for Arsenal again. Is that that Harry Kane that wanted to go to Man City two years ago? That's fine. Uh, That's that's (laughs) right. That's right. Tell me something. In this unique week and it's in this unique year that's unfolding on us, in a year when Australia and New Zealand will be right at the forefront of football and right in the forefront of the world's attention, are you getting excited? I know you're football New South Wales, but you're so much more. You've been part of the game. You understand what's involved and the stakes, how high they are. Are you getting genuinely excited about what's to come? Look, uh, Georgia, um I think whether we, whichever hat we're wearing, we're all football, right? So yep. uh, it just happens to be we're occupying, we're incumbent in terms of the role we're at. Yep. But I was down in Albury, Wodonga on on Tuesday, and, um, and the passion for the game doesn't matter where it is and what state uh, is very, very parochial, very, very proud, and the, and women's game is has gone to another level. Um, we will see that uh, solidify with the World Cup. It's exciting times, not only for the top end and the professionals and semi-professionals, but all the also the aspirational females um, and and males. But it, look at the for, 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 let's let's be quite honest. It's an opportunity now and, and, and a time for women's football to shine at the upper echelon, and um, and, and and those those vibes, those ripple effects are being felt throughout the the grades, and uh, we're very proud of it to see that. And it's been a long time coming for female football and. Um, and football being prominent in the sporting landscape is what we're all about. Can't argue with any of that. And it's so important to understand uh, not only the stakes, but how we've all got to, we've all got to put our hand up and, and participate. I, I don't want people sitting on their hands and saying to me, oh, yeah, I support the game. If you're going to support the game, get behind it. Get right behind That's it. Right. 
and and make each and every game that's coming up super special because what will it'll do is it'll force governments, state governments and federal governments across the country to address the shortcomings of the last 30, 40, 50 years. We can't be ignored, George, as no, a sport. No, no more. And those days are gone. And as, as a collective, we're a very strong beast. And uh, we've been too nice for too long. And I think <laughs> we're very prominent. Uh, well done. And, John, I've got a question. Like, going back to the Women's World Cup coming to Australia, I think – Obviously, the the world, the Women's World Cup itself will do a lot and will get a lot of eyeballs onto it, but, but it's always about what's after that. How do we continue that progress with that World Cup? And what is it? Is there a discussion between Football Australia and the state, like each individual state, in regards to how do we continue developing it at the lower levels after the Women's World Cup is, is gone? Well, it's, it's great that you, you, you mentioned that, uh, Bakur, because uh, my, my work in Albury, we have a legacy team here uh-huh. um, that's built around the, the uh, female football in the World Cup, and there's you know there's 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 a, a range of projects with some great people involved here, together with the Office of Sport and um, Football Australia, and that's what we're talking about: acting collectively in the best interest of the game, in the best interest of football. Like in Albury on Tuesday, we announced a hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant on a fifty five hundred thousand dollar project, which allows for female specific change rooms, uh-huh. female friendly environments people to be involved there are other range of other projects across the state not just um, in metropolitan regions which are important to encourage females to be involved way past the world cup to be not only on the pitch but in coaching um, roles in administrative roles in in future leadership programs so there's a heavy investment there to ensure that we're not here for just 2023 you're involved you'll be involved for a long period of time how do you want to be involved come with us Mm. So it's a whole of football approach as it should be, eh? That's right. Fantastic stuff. Uh, can we just take you uh, slightly left of field? Um, you're the uh, the new CEO of Football New South Wales, uh, one of the biggest federations in Australia, uh, an enormous responsibility, and all of a sudden, Football Australia has sent out uh, forms and asking various clubs across Australia if they want and if they wish to participate in a national second division, what role do the state federations play? Look, uh, or can do, they play? Do, yeah, look, do, do we know it's it's a conversation that's coming? Yes, we do. Um, are we involved in those conversations? No, we're not. Um, we have our, our own competitions that we run, which invariably, you know, um, would probably involve. A number of our clubs, and we've got a very historic contingent here, and you certainly and, do, and, and, and newer clubs yeah. as well. So, you know, that conversation now we'll wait to see where it's at and where it leads to, and you know, the implications and the ramifications of any actions there too will certainly um, um, ripple down to us. But having said that, um, it, it surely needs to be explored. Uh, it's a model that works around the world. Whether it works appropriately here, it will be investigated. And, and, you know, there's been due diligence done where, you know, we need to examine it. We're our big country. We are a large country. There are, uh, you know, there are significant hurdles. But if we mm. can overcome those, well, it's all for the good for the game. We're all supportive of that. You, you, um, mentioned, you mentioned hurdles. One of the biggest hurdles, of course, is the tyranny of distance. That's yeah. the one thing that the Europe's and the uh, and Britain and other nations, the Italy's and so on, don't have to contend with. They don't have to contend flying, f- you know, four or five hours from one end of the country to the other. 
Um, and you, you imagine also in the A-League as we're watching, uh, we've got teams like Perth Glory, of course, flying to New Zealand to play. So it, it's not only uh, across the country or across the continent, it's across the ditch, which adds another layer of complexity and cost. Now, will it be, will we find out that the costs require us to be more inventive? In other words, uh, more creative in the way we, we, we build a national second division? Will it be conference I, I, mode or something else? Well, I think I think all, all, all elements need to be on the table, George, because, uh, you know, we need to be transparent here and say, you know, they, these are very real costs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, significant. But we also need to say, well, you know, what is in the best interest of football? How do we progress? How do we provide opportunities for our future younger players to come through? Um, is there a bigger talent pool that we can nurture? How do our federations play a role in this? How do the how do our junior clubs and our, and our grassroots clubs become part of the story? And how is there a pathway that we all progress and ensure that there's a path and a, and a pipeline for those players to go to whether it's their federation representing their state, whether it is a second division, where coaching as well, administrative as well, and all those elements. It's not just about playing and how do we make it a sustainable model that we're going to be proud of. And then, you know, obviously, George, as, as you know, the conversation then needs to work out to be, uh, is it going to be promotion relegation? Is there, a, yeah, is there a rainbow at the end of the end of the conversation for these people to be involved? And how the, And you mentioned Perth Glory. If they get relegated, what happens there? Is it another Perth team that comes in? Or is it the best team in, 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 in another in conference? In the country, com- yeah. You know, yeah. those logistical elements that can't be ignored and they'll be part of the biggest conversa- bigger conversation. Wow. Well, John, that's a really good point. Like, the sustainable model part, I think, is the the aspect that has probably held this the national second division back. maybe from back from mm. going because because it, it takes a lot to to get everyone on the same page. What do you see as the, a system that works out for the state federations, but also ensuring that it, the national second division is sustainable? What do you think those key pillars must be? Uh, look, uh, I don't want to uh, preempt anything that the FA has in, in mind. So I don't. What, but the sustainability. Look, it's no good to be uh, a functioning model for the first two years, and then we have to revisit the model. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to build tradition, um, uh, history, passion if the model keeps changes. Yeah. And you know, I'm old enough to know, and we're <laughs> the same vintage of Collingwood Warriors and Carlton, and, and Carlton were a very successful team for the two years they were there. You know, and. And the various iterations of, of Gippsland and, and changing the name and, and, and reinventing. And it wasn't That's- only that they were successful, they also introduced a crop of youngsters who carried the game for the next 20 years. Absolutely. Didn't they? And the that, Cosmos that golden provided- generation. You know, some of those boys, Vinny or Bresh, you know, those opportunities to play as well, right? So yep. that's there's always there's always an but we need to make sure that our game is full of traditions and we're able to build upon traditions, not knock them down and start again because uh, it hasn't worked for a while. We need to make sure that it's a sustainable model, a model that works well, that we're able to have an aspirational element to that and provide up and we need, you know, it's good, you know, that we're able to provide opportunities and greater opportunities. But it needs to be real. It needs to be thought out pretty well. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure the powers of be will do that. Fantastic stuff. Uh, let's get back to the state division for a moment, or the state leagues and uh, and uh, football New South Wales. Uh, are you seeing greater greater numbers of young women wanting to participate in the NPL competitions? Oh, absolutely, George. And we always review. You know, the the, the fun part of that is um, every year you need to to revisit what your model is because of the numbers are. 
you know, we're bursting at the seams here and it's fantastic, you know, and uh, our biggest challenge now is capacity, the opportunity to field a greater number of teams on a limited number of services. And yeah. uh, that's where government conversations take place and and they need to come to the party because, um, you know, like I said, female football is prominent. He's here to stay. It's a big player in sport, not let alone our sport. And um, it's exciting times, but uh, the government's need to come to the, to, to the table and we need to make sure that we have a number of um, projects in line that satisfies the requirements, not only from the playing perspective, but also from uh, medical, health, administrative and coaching. And as long as we've got people that are involved in the female game, and if they don't want to play, they're involved in some capacity, then we're, you know, we're in a good space. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that's really important. But, but for your, for your uh, New South Wales, you guys have a really strong and healthy uh, MPL competition with and women's, history, and, yeah, because and with a lot of the A League women's players, when when their season is finished, they head down and play for the likes of IPR and you know Sydney University, some great sides. How do you continue to build that competition in the whilst also you knowing that some of those players leave, and how do you create it to be sustainable, even more sustainable, and being a? I, I'm trying to figure out the way to put it, but. Ensuring that it's not just a, a stopgap and, and, you know, improve, making it more long-lasting. I, I'm losing my words. But no, 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 I, no, I, I think John will understand. It's, it's sustainability, yeah. which, which we talk about all the time. The greatest challenges. Well, you know, up until uh, two or three years ago, uh, the Premier League didn't even have, have a prominent women's competition, right? Yeah. Uh, the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool did not have a women's team. We had women's competition far in advance that they did, right? Now that the opportunity, you know, we've seen the likes of Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford work, you know, at Art, at your your club there, Pakua, at Arsenal <laughs> and, and Chelsea, right? Um, there's a greater opportunity and aspirational element there. So... Um, to that end, why we may lose players, that provides a greater opportunity for other players to step up and the aspirational element becomes a more realistic and crystallised element at a quicker pace, which maintains that interest for everyone to be involved. I think it's an opportunity. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a beneficial element. I don't see it as a as a loss of players. I reckon it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a benefit that, that benefits a greater number of people. It, it actually fans the excitement and the next generation, doesn't it? Absolutely, you know, it's, and, it, and it, it actually turbocharges. If yeah. I'm, a, if I've got an eight-year-old daughter or a nine-year-old daughter, and they see uh, they're watching the uh, the women's um, uh, Super League in in Britain, think, they, they no, would get I, I, thrilled I, I totally, a bit. I totally agree, and I, but I think that the, the the my concern sometimes with the Australian in terms of the women's football aspect, we have we have a, a gap. Like we've got the A League, yeah, we've got the NPL, we've got the A League teams, and <clears> and and the players interchange between and. And I think the national second division brings up an interesting aspect of where women's football needs to go in in that conversation because it's not as easy to replicate because we have so many players who play for for both either or, or. or either or yeah. at different stages of the season and and obviously I think the first step is making the A League women's fully professional and then we can ensure that those players playing in the NPL are also getting the the games the, the games and the times they need so we can develop that talent and they go in there. And, uh, just, just, just humour humor me for a moment, John. How many games in the NPL Women's? How many games do they play in a season? Oh, it's a full season. It's a, it depends on the division you're in, right? So the right. number of clubs in the competition. But to, 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 to alleviate the concerns that Pakua has there, I, I think that what you will find now is 
the A the W League, George, and you will recall this, used to be only eight teams and run by member in the early days, right? Yep. Now we've moved to uh, 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 twelve teams, which was last year was a fourteen team fourteen game competition. Now it's gone to twenty two. Correct. Right. Yep. Which means that uh, with the with the seasons being longer. Uh, you will find it will be a more professional competition, which probably will preclude players coming down to the MPL, which then maintain their professionalism at an upper, upper tier, upper level, and the other players will come through to the MPL. So we'll see an, another generation that may have been delayed getting right. the opportunity, which is fantastic. Speaking of uh, state leagues, MPL and so on, uh, we're on the cusp of yet another season. How is football New South Wales looking? And 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 uh, what are the, the things that you're most excited about? Well, George, there's a number of uh, things here. I, I can't I can't hide my excitement, and you probably <laughs> hear it in my voice. Um, being an old football guy, you know, working with these traditional clubs um, certainly, uh, you know, he's he's. It warms me, energizes me. The passionate ground, you know, people is uh, a groundswell of passion at these grounds, and and it, you know I just love it, right? But um, but there's also the, the lower divisions as well, and 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 I've worked now in recent times with people from the local associations and local clubs, and and you got people up and coming and you've got the old people like me that are still involved and want to be involved with sort of old friends that used to play and still maintaining with a second, third generation, even fourth generation being involved. So that kind of stuff is really appealing to me. It shows me that people still want to be involved in the game, even though they don't play anymore or don't play it well like I, I don't. And um, and um, it, it's a community mm-hmm. thing. It's a groundswell of passion for this game that – um, elevates A League W, uh, A League Women's NPL, and it's, but it's not just about that. That's not just a, that's not the starting end of the story. It's the ground um, swell of passion, the canteen, you know, things that were there a long time ago, but they're still there, but in a different in a different manner, slightly and different form. Uh, yeah, John, uh, John, I was going to tell you, I've got a Facebook friend. His name is Ron Lord. If the name sounds familiar to you, it may well be because he was our goalkeeper at the 1956 Olympics for playing for Australia. He went on to play for some of the biggest uh, uh, you know, uh, clubs in the country, Prague, when it was in its zenith uh, with Scheinflug and others there. Ron Lord, still 95 years old. Loves the game, uh, reveres the game, and and does what he can to keep the memories alive for the the, the next generations that are coming along. As long as we have people like that, and and I know I look at Bakur and I I watch the next generation of broadcasters that we have at FNR, and they're younger and younger and younger, and I can see the one thing that ties them, and you know what it is, their passion. That's right. It's not to me. It almost doesn't make sense that they should have that much passion for the game, but they do. And that fills me as, as the chair of, of the organisation with so much uh, excitement because I know that we're leaving the, the, the game in good hands or, we, or, or we're allowing them uh, to take the, the next layer of the game and take it to a good place. That's really exciting stuff. Absolutely, George. I'm seeing some of the commentary um, uh, people who conduct our commentary for our for our competitions here. There are some talented young people in our sport that, like the MPL, like the uh, A League Women's, like the uh, A League. 
they just need to be given an opportunity in and there's a number of sectors in our in our in our in our sport in our admin there are some talented passionate people that will come to the fore in a few years and they'll be replacing me and they'll be replacing you and I wouldn't be prouder because they love the game now you mentioned to me Ron Lord Ron Lord was playing 14 years before I bought but I know Ron Lord <laughs> I want our gen- young generation to know about and the history revere him, and yeah. to carry it with them and to hand it down as well and we talk about traditions I want that to continue and if we can do that upon building the capacity of our game, then we've got a bigger story to tell. Do you, do you think that – I think that a lot of sports is about narrative and, and the marketing aspect of sport because because you there are, you can watch basketball, you can watch football, you can watch it anywhere, but you watch the best yeah. leagues in the world because they tell the best stories and they have the most intriguing people. Do you think that a part of getting football in this country to where it should be is about – the ability to combine the past with the present and, and telling the story of the journey of football and how we've got here and to it, so we're able to actually move from here and but ensuring that we always never forget yeah, never getting acknowledging yeah, never the past and, and, and incorporating that into the marketing of the game. Well, I, I agree, because when I was at the Wanderers, we, we, you know, we, we're, we're, we were a club of, you know, just a couple of years old. And we went to, <laughs> in, 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 but what, what I wanted to do is, and I, and I set up a, a catch-up where, you know, unless we can respect the past, we won't be able to go to anywhere in the future. And um, we brought people to the Western Sydney Wanderers games for a number of years from the past and celebrated, not because they were involved in Western Sydney, not because they were involved in any other club, because they were football people. And as long as we maintain those conversations, not every story is documented, but certainly we can get them all together and and, 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 and convey those stories amongst us. The younger generation would certainly take those with them and it becomes part of folklore. We're only as strong as the collective fabric on our sport. All right, If we ignore the past, then we don't have as much as we would have as the old and the young combined to take our sport into the future. Hundred percent, hundred percent. No, I agree. I, I think that I think that the the gap in this game, in in football in Australia, is because for me, like I I I, li- I loved football, but I was uh, I would say that I would maybe was a Euro snob as a child watching <laughs> watching the, the football games, and and I I didn't know about like the NPL because my my parents didn't know about the NPL like that, and I started going to the NPL only recently, and I love the community aspect of it and seeing different types of these have different groups support their team and, and this, it's such a great atmosphere, and I think that that's something that we maybe lack in in the 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 upper levels of the professional football in this country is the, sure. the, the community aspect and that, that feeling, because that's what football is. It, it brings people together from all different places. It and it's, it's the, the, you feel so close to me. We might be so different to somebody in the crowd, but that football team you represent, that shirt that you wear is, it connects you in such a way that I think that that's the bit that we lack in telling the story of football in this country. Yeah. And, and look, the, the guy sitting next to you, uh, as, 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 it should be credited because uh, for many years he's done that and he's done that better than most. And um, we just need more George Danikians to be able to tell that story and unlock those stories in his head and and share them around with the younger generation who, who you know, you know, and, you know, we're doomed to repeat the sins of the past and we still don't understand what happened previously. And, um, you know, there are elements, they are learning elements, they are historic elements, they 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 build tradition elements. They they're all very important things. But again, with the view to taking it to the future and not living in the past. Um, I, I 
thank you very much for, for those words. But can I also say, as I touched on earlier, for me, watching the next generation coming through, and that's what FNR has done from the last half a dozen years, it, it's, it's made a commitment to make sure that the next crop of young men and women uh, take the game along and also give it new life, new energy, because they love it. They absolutely love it uh, as deeply as we do. Uh, they just haven't been around as long. That's the that's the only thing. But I, I yearn for the excite the excitement and the stories they're going to tell. I know that, and I can tell you that when the Women's World Cup lights up Australia and and our media, which will want to be a big part of it, um, it'll be quite something and quite something exciting. But let's get back to New South Wales uh, football, New South Wales. Um, the MPL competitions are almost upon us. Is that right? Started last we week. kicked off last weekend, George. Last week. Um, how, how was the first week? And can I ask, has the arrival of new technology given new lease of life to uh, football New South Wales? Oh, unbelievable, George. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm one, you know, you're at home, you've got one game going, you've got another game about to kick off. I'm watching... Um, um, uh, a traditional derby in um, in Marconi in Sydney United kick off and Wollongong Walls and Arna and Arpia having a kick off on Friday night and you know the mobility the ability to transfer experiences as a football um, uh, aficionado you yeah. go mate this is unbelievable I'm going home on Friday night I can't get to the game but I'll I'll, I'll turn it on and I'll feel connected right and that's part of it. That's part of the passion. You don't miss anything. There's a highlights package. There's uh, the players that are outstanding, been in the A-League, will be going to the A-League, will be going on to other things. On show, on call, on, on TV, it's on your computer, on your phone. It's fantastic, George. And so it's a long way away from where we were at Pratt & Park many years ago. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I was talking to someone only the other day, expressing to them the view that uh, – uh, Although that the world doesn't appear to be following mainstream television as it once was, it's watching far more television than ever before, and it's doing it in a fashion that no, they never imagined, and that is on their device, on their phone, in their car, in a, in a way that if I'd said this to you 20, 30 years ago, John, you would have said to me, George, I don't know what you're smoking, I don't know what you're drinking, but clearly, you're delusional. Sorry, I think I did say that to you, you anyway, George. You did, and we were talking. We're talking about other things, but no, no. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. The, the arrival right. of technology has broken some of those barriers uh, that we didn't imagine uh, would ever be able to be overcome. So, is this the way maybe forward for a national second division, allowing the technology? to give us access to the game in a way that we've never thought before and allow us to go to a sponsor and say to them, now listen, this is, this is a way to get your brand national. Look, uh, Does that I, appeal I, to I, you? Yeah, it does. You, because because you've been the CEO of the, of the club, you understand how much the dollar, the commercial dollar means to each and every uh, layer of the club and what it is on the shirt front and on the back. Well, George, you know, for a guy that struggles to still understand the concept of television, how a picture gets from one place to another, um, I leave that to, to, to people that are in more peculiar ages than mine. But what yeah. I will say is this. Yeah. As we are talking today via Zoom on this medium, this will not be the case in three years' time. It will be an exponentially more improved process to streamline games. 
and the accessibility of our favourite sport will be even more accessible to people and bite size or, you know, the, the, the modern generation likes the bite size as well, right, in terms of real small... Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. ...small um, uh, packages. But having said that, um, it'll be a different landscape as well. It'll be more universal. Now you can watch a game... Uh, anywhere in the world, you can watch a highlights package anywhere in the, in the world on your on your mobile device. It'll be no different for here. Um, and we will showcase how Australian talent will be at the forefront of um, um, the sporting landscape here in terms of football. But also, we will be, we'll reach the top in terms of football as we are in the women's game now in the EPL, in Norway, in Germany, where we see a range of females that we wouldn't have imagined not five years, not ten years ago. Five years ago, right? Correct. Uh, your your thought about uh, mini matches. Um, if I had said to to Les and to Johnny Warren, listen, I can watch sixty four games, and I and and uh, I'll watch it in less than uh, a, a, a day and a half. They'll go, not possible. Uh, well, it is possible, and it's to do right. with the arrival of this ex- exotic thing called digital, and then now HD. So we're watching. Uh, on a small screen in, sh- in super sharp detail, uh, a game that we needed to watch once upon a time on a 60, 60 inch screen. Now you see, it, you see it on your uh, iPhone or your Samsung, whatever, <laughs> and, and it's, it's quite remarkable. It, it is quite no, remarkable. No, it is. I've got a question, actually, John, because NPL TV was introduced last season. Last, last season. season before the, or last season? Uh, was it last season? I, I may be in. No, it's been a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah it's a couple, right. Just, yeah, it's, you know, it's... Relatively new. Yeah, it's the website's looking like... What was the... Was that a conversation where all the collective, <coughs> MP, uh, like, uh, NPL, oh, sorry, football, New South Wales, Victoria, just all get together? How did that, like, come about like that? That concept to to make it a really because the website is quite nice and able to watch everything and it's really easy it's a really streamlined process. How did that come about? Yeah, look, I wasn't here in the chair at the time, um, but having said that, uh, you know the federations, uh, a lot of them are involved. Not everyone is involved in this particular um, uh, platform, um, but I think that um, uh, you always need to improve. And I think the the incumbents at the time uh, realised that and need to stay paced to be relevant. Um, and you know, uh, not everyone not everyone is invested in the A League. Not everyone is is invested in Australian football. Not everyone's, but they're all invested in football, right? So if you pick what you'd like, there are people that just love the traditional clubs and want to be remain with that. That's great. But some with the A League, that's great. The W League clubs, fantastic. As long as we're involved in football, but to be involved in the, those particular sectors, you need to provide the uh, the opportunity for them to avail themselves of viewing that that, and that's where this platform becomes a very important part. Okay, one week down of the opening week, what was the highlight for you? Oh, look, uh, you know, Arpia coming back from two 0 down at uh, at in Wollongong was it was a good start on Friday night. You know, the the, the tasty derby there between Sydney United and Marconi was always very very spicy. And um, look, the, 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 there's a number of new teams in that competition. The, the A-League uh, teams are now in our competition. The Wanderers made their debut, as did the Mariners. Sydney FC are always competitive there. And um, and then you've got also, you know, the, the newer teams, uh, uh, Mount Town Rangers, you know, and the, the, the traditional Blacktown City in Manly are, oh, yeah. are always yeah. a very strong side. So, look, there's an, any number of teams. Rockdale's there and they're... They're flying that flag very, very strongly, and they're they're a very good club as well. Olympic um, 
um, had a great win, you know, defending league champions and back down of the grand final champions. So, um, look, uh, I mean, you can take any number of you, any number of the fixtures and you, you'll be entertained, you know, and uh, a number of high-profile people involved, but also up-and-comers. And that's what we're proud about in this league. Uh, Pakur uh, Frimpong may not believe this, but I can remember a time when Blacktown City in the old NSL featured a guy called Sir Bobby Charlton as a guest player. Really? And they had another guy called Kevin Keegan that did okay for himself. And they had big, big crowds, huge crowds, and they were marvellous ambassadors. Do you remember? Remember? I ran and saw him once, and you might remember this, George. I ran Kevin Keegan on an old radio station, uh, 2GB in the old days, and I rang him when he was on a – as a guest, and I asked him about the Man United because I'm a Man United because supporter, so Ugh. I take umbrage with your support. This is why there's been conflict here. Oh, sort of constantly, yeah. Sort of we've got to talk about your T-shirt after this. <laughs> okay. And I've run, Kevin, and I said, we've got a 10-point lead here. What do you think? And he said, oh. I reckon you'll blow it. And he shattered me and, he, and his prediction looked <laughs> true. 1985, George, 1985. I know. Look, uh, look this game, this game has been filled with some wonderful characters and some great stories. And there are people who are working really hard behind the scenes to bring, you know, Greg, Greg Werner and others, uh, you know, Benita Mercedes with her uh, fair, play, uh, fair, fair Play Publishing to bring so many of these stories to light for the new generations that are coming up and, and, and will follow. And I know that there are writers' festivals being planned and there are international guests, you know, wanting to descend on Australia. And you know where the, uh, the, the excitement is when you realise that Sydney Airport will be the hub, which means New South Wales football will be on show for all those guests. Does that excite you as well, the fact that there'll be so many more people down under during the height of the competition? Look, uh, George, and I referred to the number of sectors in our game. It shows, it shows how widespread. We've got talents like Benita and and et al. involved in our game in a number of capacities, and they've got a historic link to the game that maintains that. I love that. I love, and I, I, I don't know if it's come through, but the history element to combine with the the currency leads to the future, and. The future is going to be when they come to New South Wales, when they come to Melbourne and they, they see our, our, our national team, they see how we run a competition. It's no different to when it was in the World Youth Cup in 93. You know, these are very important seminal moments. And for the women's game here, we won't be prouder than showcasing our country, showcasing our female talent and showcasing our football at all levels at that point in time. Uh, let me just, uh, before we let you go, just re- reflect for a moment on an outstanding young midfielder who we got a chance to speak to early in the season. Uh, his name is uh, Neuenhoff. Yeah. Young talent, former uh, Sydney boy, has gone to the Western Sydney Wanderers. He has been a revelation. Does that fill you with a great deal of you know, pleasure to, to see a- another crop of youngsters not only maintaining the standards of the past, but showing us that they've got something else as well. Well, George, this is a prime example. Um, you, you might recall a couple of years ago when we had COVID and the league was shut down. Yep. You know, we were getting the players and the, and the foreigners, were, there was some challenges there in terms of visas. And, terms, and opportunity was given to the young town. People go, oh. Oh, these boys can play. Well, you need to get opportunity. Yes, they can play. Everyone needs an opportunity. I started somewhere because someone gave me an opportunity. No different to you, George, not different to you. Correct. 
this is for everyone. It applies to everyone. If we, the day we forget that everyone was given an opportunity, we forget the value of what, what the person, the predecessor has done for us. Trouble. There's no different now that the, the new one half has been given an opportunity at Sydney. He was struggling at, uh, sorry, Western Sydney, struggling at Sydney for whatever reason, given an opportunity there. But yes, come on. There's another player that goes to his spot at Sydney FC. And my, long may that continue for everyone. No, it's, uh, it's, it is the magic of the game. And it fulfills us each and every season. And uh, Pukur will tell you, she gets a, a huge buzz when she sees a young 14, 15-year-old that she spied uh, in the NPL suddenly uh, appear in front of her uh, making a debut for one of the uh, Liberty W League uh, women's teams. She just sits yeah. there and goes, well, how am I going to fit her into my commentary? And Rest assured, she does. No, but it's um, it's it's good. But you know, as John said, it's. I think that we need to continue. Um, we need to recognise where the game is in this country, and we need to continue to develop those young talents because because the A League isn't the the be all and end all for. We no, want no. the we want the, the our, we want our best players to be able to go overseas and play for the biggest clubs in the world. And in order to do that, we need to ensure that. Every, at every stage, it's the best and the highest quality of football That's able right. yep. for them to play out. So then when they go overseas, they're able to be successful and, and represent Australian football in that manner. Our guest on FNR's State of Our Football Nation this week, John Tatsimus, who's the new CEO of Football New South Wales. Uh, he's had a tremendously uh, you know, exciting career, especially in his time at uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. You would have seen some extraordinary things in that time. Uh, very, very quickly, the highlight of your football experiences thus far and the low light. Well, there's a number of um, elements to that, George, and I, very quickly, uh, the Wanderers starting off as a community club, we only had three months. Um, we didn't have uh, a training ground or anything. Uh, we operated out of my house for a long period of time. That's uh, winning the league in the first year, and I've had this um, debate with Tony Popovich on a number of occasions. Um, he says the Champions League, and I agree with that to an extent. Yes. But actually to start a competition to actually compete within three months and actually win the league in that first three months with a group of, you know, we, just a group of motley. We were a motley crew. We didn't have any anything at the time. So to come together is a credit to that playing group, a credit to the coaching group, a credit to the people that assisted us in that regard, uh, a credit to the community, to the fans that got behind us. Um, the Champions League was also a, a, a phenomenal moment, a seminal moment in the history of not only – see, the thing is that, that, that transcended sport. That was a it community did. that came together – that showcased itself to the world and put Western Sydney on the map, right? So, you know, we, you know, for too long it was a disenfranchised area, and you know, very proud of that. Um, you know, and but you can go back. Newcastle for me was a very proud moment. We had the smallest budget in the league, and we won the grand final um, with um, Dutch at the helm at the time, yep, and yep. and with Tom Constantine, and and certainly it's the only regional uh, club that's actually done that. So. <laughs> Um, apart from if you call Mariners in the last, when they beat the Wanderers in 2013, I think it was, and I'm trying to forget that. So, um, you know, there's a great the, – the, the other the other most exciting part about it, Joyce, to be quite honest, is seeing a number of people, you know, you know that we both know that started as young players and mm. now become coaches and elderly administrators. Sure. Kids now play and they are the the ambassadors for our game in a number of ways. And 
And that, that for me, is probably the best story, the longevity of these people in the game and being still being passionate. This game is ups and has its downs and chews you out and whatnot, but the passion drives us back and these people still remain in the game and they are the true believers because our game is full of complexities, it's full of challenges, it's full of uphill battles, but we're all still involved, right? And it still makes us stronger too, these battles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is there a better save than Ante Kovic's save in the final in Asia? Has well, there, George, ever, been, like has there ever been my, a better save? Uh, I'd like to say my over 35 save <laughs> Parramatta City in 19... Uh, Kovic is unbelievable, an unbelievable keeper. What a, what a talented keeper. What a save at the particular he point in no time. He had no right to save that, Johnny. He had no, no right. No, he, I was he so, didn't. I, can I tell he you, didn't. I was in tears. I, I, I was so moved by the sheer brilliance of what he did that day. It was like he had made a statement, you're not going to pass. Oh, and they, you know, and they, they didn't. About, they talked about the Berlin Wall being set up, <laughs> but I think Ante was, was a stronger proposition than that at any time. So, Hey, listen, uh, have I told yeah. you the Berlin Wall has come down? Yeah, mate. Uh, mate Ante, Ante is still close shot. He's still in the air, right? He's still in the air. So, uh, oh, look, what a, what a performance. You know, and even in the first league, he was outstanding. He had a fantastic season that particular year. And he's... Um, he's um, He's a uh, he's tete-a-tete with the uh, striker Shamrani over there. Oh, it was certainly yeah. interesting over those two but legs. I'm um, reminded. I'm reminded that we talk about history and uh, and about knowing. Can you just very quickly remind Pakua how much time were you given from the first phone call when you were appointed CEO to getting the team to air, to get the team on the, on the pitch? How long did you have? Well, at the time we were listen we were to three this. months. Three months. Gold Coast had just fallen over, George, and uh, they needed a team to fill in the broadcast commitments. So uh, we got to our first trial game. and we No had players, training. nothing, no contracts, but three nothing. months to deliver. I will say that one of – because I was in and out of watching the A-League as a, as a kid and one of my favourite things about tuning into the A-League was seeing the crowds at the Western oh, – yeah. uh, Oh, West Parramatta. Yeah, at the, those crowds there Going was, nuts. was awesome. It was like – it was it was what you th- when you think of what football is like yeah. those moments that community feel that we spoke about oh, earlier. Yeah. That's what I've loved about seeing the the well, wanderers. And the the, like the that. wanderers established themselves a great, a in a time. in a fabulous way. And 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 John can tell you now that they started with nothing. So all of that was community. It was passion, and it was success. The three ingredients that you can't miss out on. Is that right? Well, that's right. I mean, George, you'd know this. In the old days, we used to have the Olympics, Marconi's, and what the wonder, wonder is that was the what the press was for was was the ability for 187 nationalities in 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 Western Sydney to come together as one to to dance, jump, and and and, and celebrate a place that for a long time was a different disenfranchised region of Sydney. Correct. Don't look at it now. Uh, back then, there were no freeways, hospitals. I've cracked my head when I was a kid in the region and I had to go to Camperdown Hospital Ooh. an hour away. Wow. And um, wow. so it's very personal to me. Uh, certainly, there were no facilities, infrastructure there. And my old man had to find a, find a hospital with his son bleeding in the back seat and go to the city with a Gregory's map. No uh, no internet. So No, no, no navigating personal. system. No navigating system. Yeah. No, so no. They're very personal. Education. You know, I had to go to Sydney University and I lived out west. There was no universities at the time and... And so all those challenges are real, less so now. 
Let's be quite clear. Mm. But the common thread, the common denominator remains. It's a it's a hotbed of, of passion of multiculturalism. Um, it's representative of a place that's now progressed of Australia at its, at its broader scope. And we're very proud of it. And certainly we've all come together and we're very proud to say that Western Sydney Wanderers has been a common thread to unite all parties. No, and I, 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 I love that aspect. I think that when we are creating, when these teams are, are these teams, they don't just represent themselves. I think they rep- they should represent the areas in which they, they are, they yeah. are, they yeah. are stationed. And, more and more. And, and cause that, that, because that's, that's a important way of attracting people to come there. If they know that that club represents them and, and they they will they're more likely to stay the long term and not be fair with the fans because they know that this this team represents me and they would do they want to do the best to rep show the best to represent our area and I think that that's an important thing that we also need to keep in mind that as this competition grow this football grows in this country and gets the spotlight that it deserves. I think we should all... As John will tell you, we've, we've been blessed uh, in this country in certain regions, uh, the Hunter Valley, Newcastle, uh, Wollongong, uh, the, the Western Sydney. There have been huge nurseries of great talent, both, uh, b- both young men and women, and watching some of the talent year after year come through. And that's probably the most rewarding thing for you now as the CEO of Football New South Wales. You can sit there now and watch that next generation, that next layer of talent uh, stick its hand up and, more importantly, put its best foot forward when it comes onto the pitch and showcases its talent. That must be enthralling on one level. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Look... <laughs> and then it goes, it shows, it highlights. The next cycle is in action now. You you mentioned Ewanhoff before. You know, before him, there was a young Mark Bridge. Oh, and yeah. Before him, there was a young Jim Patikas. You know, it's a, it's a cyclical thing, but it's a regeneration process. And regeneration uh, only takes place if you provide opportunity and nurture and foster it and provide platforms for these players, administrators and coaches and leaders to come through. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy Patikas. Uh, I did the interview with Jimmy Patikas when he was playing at Ake for SBS in, in Greece. We, we were in Greece at the time. And Jimmy uh, came and, and was terrific and gave us uh, a, you know, a couple of hours to do a story and a feature on him. Uh, the only thing I had to do was bring back uh, a, a suitcase full of presents for his family. Now, in this day and age, I wouldn't be able to do that because it's not my bag, my suitcase. But we brought it back. And they were delighted, thrilled to bits to see all the memorabilia and all the treasures that came uh, that came with it. It was just fantastic. And Jimmy Patikas, had he scored that goal against Scotland, John, when that hit the the one that hit the bar, unbelievable! It would have been a different night. It would have been a different night, wouldn't it? He's, he's pulled his hair back, knowing he's he's that close, you know. And Arrock is on the bench there, and see, these are the great moments. And I, I would. I would encourage you all to look, you know, it's particularly Pakua's generation, to look back at the historic moments like that and take them with them and build their own moments with that alongside. And, and we become a heavier, heavier article. We become a, we become a lorry. We become a minibus. We become a truck with our memories and our history together. If we just go well, ignore the past and ignore the good parts of the past, then we just become a very thin layer moving into the next generation, and that'll continue to, to be the case unless we bring everyone along, good, new, old, bad.
Beautiful stuff. John Tatsum, our special guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Johnny, thank you very much. Continued success. We hope week number two of the MPL competitions is as exciting as the uh, opening uh, week of the competition was. And let's see how many upsets, let's see how many great derbies we get to enjoy between now and the end of the season. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Pakua. Thank you, George. Thank you for having me. All the best. Yes, Thalia. All the best. John Tatsimus, fantastic, giving us a sense of what's important and what we need to make sure we hold on to. And you, you need to go out and see some more archival footage. I do. Yeah, no, you do. John, John's spot on. Go and see that game. Go and see how close Jimmy Patik has got to to giving Australia uh, a win. And had we got that win, oh, oh, oh. Well, Olympic Park would have, they probably would have burnt it down with the excitement. <laughs> they might have. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Just uh, we, an opportunity to see, uh, you know, football New South Wales in good hands. Uh, some things that they have done and some of the things they've incorporated. Uh, a bit different, allowing us to showcase the game with new technology. Absolutely. And that may well be how the National Second Division starts to take some shape. I'm interested to see how the National Second Division turns out and and how what the the plan is. I want to see the names. I want to see which clubs put their hand up. I think I I reckon Preston will put their hand up. You reckon Preston? I I, I absolutely reckon Preston will and I I hope they do because I think Preston have done a a lot of work recently. I'm thinking Josh Parrish for president. (laughs) No, I think that Dave's got that. that Dave's sorted? Dave's doing a fantastic (laughs) job there. But no, but but a club like Preston have done a lot of work to to rebuild that club to to where they are now. It's, um, It's fantastic to see and, you know, you want to see the likes of South Melbourne and things like that go into National Second Division. Clubs with a lot of history, but also clubs that are sustainable and have a long-term uh, vision for themselves. I, I want to, to see... Look, the, the Football Australia uh, wants a, a, a chance to assess the level of interest. They also want to refine the, the strategy, which we are touching on earlier, the vision, uh, how the competition will look, how it might operate. And, of course, like everything else, as John alluded to... It's not just the teams, it's the administration that you will build to run the game and run the competition. So a new national tier of football between the A-League men's and the NPLs. Absolutely. And I, wow. I think the thing, wow. George, we should uh, try and speak to some of the clubs that do put their names up. Uh, well, let's keep, uh, let's keep monitoring the names that come through the door. And uh, James Johnson, of course, the CEO of Football Australia, has uh, made it official. So there you go. No more no more talk. It's about making it happen. Absolutely. And I think Fantastic It's the only stuff. way the football in this country will be able to grow and, and get to the stage okay. that it needs to be. Good luck. Which games are you calling this week on uh, Paramount doing, Plus? Uh, I'm doing Canberra taking on Sydney FC. So it'll be interesting and fun game. And where is that game going to be played? Uh, at McKellar Park. McKellar Park. Yeah. Right. Great stuff. Good calling. Appreciate Until it. next week. Until next week. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.